Helmets and Heels. <laughs> Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. Yippee. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. <laughs> Here's Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumleave. Helmets and Heels with three of us yet again. You know, the last time we did a show with all four of us, I think it's been yeah. at least a month ago. So and, uh, and I know I was so excited for everybody to be back tonight, but you know what? I feel like this is the time for vacation. So yep, everyone deserves a little time off, even though I went straight from job to job and I just dream about vacation. But I, I try to treat, I always say my weekends as if the entire weekend's a vacation. It is for the <laughs> right? most part. I mean, not this weekend because it's training camp. Right. But most weekends are mini vacays, I think. I submitted my... Uh, press pass or press credential, whatever you want to call it, oh, today yeah? for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know how much wow. of after that I'll be able to attend other than things like the scrimmage and stuff, but at least for the first few days, I want to be out there. All this Jags talk is getting me so very excited. But do you think you'll get approved? <laughs> very funny there, lady. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we are going to get to some Jags yeah. expectations slash you know, from each of our own perspectives, what we are hoping for. But before all that, I do want to talk about Jen Welter, the first NFL coach, even like, though, like I said, it's technically an internship uh, that Bruce Arians gave with the Arizona Cardinals. Ladies, what was the first thing you thought of? And now that it's been about 24 hours, how do you feel about it now that you've digested it? Well, first of all, I want everyone, all the fans to know that when you have an internship with the NFL, it's not like a typical internship that you would have. It's not like a, hey, go get me coffee, whatever (laughs) kind of internship you have in your mind. It's different. Um, In the NFL, they pay their interns. You're basically on staff. You're just called an intern because it's more entry level. Um, So I just kind of wanted to get that out there. But I think it's fantastic. She's been getting really great feedback. People are reacting really well. Um, We talked about this earlier on Frank's show. I, I I know that she's going to be under the microscope more than she would more than a man would be in her position just because she's a female, which sucks. But it comes with the territory and I get it. And I'm sure she already expects that. But I think it's cool. And I hope that the players value the advice and the skills that she teaches them because she could have a completely different point of view that any other male coach would have. And that's what she brings to the table. And that's awesome. And I, I kind of led into this before the show, and I said I hope that you know one day we get to the point that this doesn't a woman getting hired in the NFL doesn't make news. But with that said, she has a lot of players will will be the first ones to jump to the point of oh well, what's her playing experience like? And she's actually played mm-hmm. a considerable amount of time more than some of the male coaches in the league. So I'm really I, I I'm in, excited to see how she interacts with the players, how the players treat her in the huddle, if they're making eye contact, if they're looking at her, if they're giving her respect, if they're listening to what she says. I'm anxious to see how receptive they are to her. My thought process is look across the board at most educators. Most teachers nowadays are women. Mm -hmm. Women a lot of times would be given kind of terms of patient and also they're able to kind of communicate things. A lot of times, you know, you always hear that women are better communicators. I'm not saying that that's always true. <laughs> I'm saying that that a lot of times can be said. So to me, it makes so much sense. You've got someone with experience. Then you've got someone with a lot of the traits that come with being a great coach mm-hmm. because they're used to being able to kind of teach. 
I also think that she, because she comes from almost a different expectation level, the co- the players look at her, and I think they'll be. Will- I think some of them will be willing to learn more, yeah, and and kind of listen with a different ear. You know, you hear the same kind of voice, the kind of gravelly, yelling voice at you all the time, and then all of a sudden you hear almost like a little bit different of a voice, and maybe what she says will be able to sink in a little bit different, even the- though the coaches may be kind of saying the same things. Mm-hmm. But and if you've seen a picture of her, she looks like. She could hang out with Ronda Rousey. Like she looks extremely oh, fit. Yeah. She played rugby, and she put right. She yeah. played rugby. Yeah. So her skill set. We you know we kind of touched on this when we talked about female versus male commentators, mm-hmm. and how a lot of people will jump to the conclusion that well, the woman never played football, so therefore she can't comment and commentate on it. In this situation, it's it's beyond that. This woman actually did play. Yep, and she also probably has a more. I guess I'd say probably more of a level of connecting with the guys too. You know, it, she has probably already come through a male dominated field every step of the way. So to get to this point, she has impressed so many different people instead of just a typical path. So I, I'm so excited. I'm really excited. I think of coaches almost like parents. Mm -hmm. I'm obviously not Mm -hmm. a parent, so I don't know what that relationship is like. Um, But so I think of a coach being like a dad. And if your dad's constantly telling you things, you're going to react differently than if your mom tells you the same thing. And I know that's kind of extreme, but that's kind of how I see it. And so I wonder if she'll almost take on like a motherly role, kind of like you said with the teachers, you know, like teacher students are like their kids, you know, they teach them, they help them grow. And that's going to be pretty similar for her, I'd imagine. I think there was a documentary to that ESPN did on SEC wives, and it was talking about one of the wives it is out there on the practice field. She's she's cheering up the guys, and yep. she's asking them what's wrong and getting really into Because some of these guys are, are dealing with off-the-field stuff as well, so she mm-hmm. gets to know them personally and mm-hmm. helps them through some of those challenges. But I, I, I think that she's going to bring a different level to the game, and I think that it's going to be certainly welcome by most Probably not all, just because there are of always course. a few bad yeah. apples in the bunch. Mm-hmm. But if you look at other examples in the league, like the Becky Hammond from the uh, NBA, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. just won the summer league championship. Yep. And so it's 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 proof that you can do it, and that a woman and that a player players can respond to a woman coaching positively. Well, and Samantha Ponder, I thought had a couple good tweets about it last night. She said that basically, first she asked Christian how he felt about it, her husband, right. and he was like, I don't know her exact coaching capacity and you know her background, but if she has the skill set, absolutely, why not? And then Samantha kind of said, I don't know why all these guys who are living with their moms are so opposed to <laughs> a female NFL coach. And then she also said, men have to take orders from women in the military or yeah. in businesses. So really, right. what you know? why are all these people griping? You're always going to have the group of people who's going to be negative about no matter what it is. But I'm I'm super pumped for her and I now I kind of wish I had played so I could be a coach. I think that would be awesome. It would be. You don't uh, even have to play. I think Pat Summit, I don't think she ever played and look how her her yeah, glorious coaching career. Well, that's the thing too though. I think with men who are coaches and even male announcers and broadcasters and color analysts and play-by-play, you can think if you don't know, hey, I wonder if they played. Well, they could have. I'm not really sure. So I'm just going to assume that they did because they know everything. But with her, we already know that she's never played in the NFL. And so there's just that stigma where you just already know. So the negativity stems from, 
well, how can she really know if she's never actually played? So she's going to have to prove herself, which I think she's already done, but she's going to have to do that even more. Has anybody actually come out and opposed this decision? I, I mean, I've no. heard rumblings that they might, that, you know, people, oh, well, how will the players respond? But I haven't heard anything specific of anybody objecting mm -hmm. to this. One would think that Bruce Arians probably sat down with the team and or yeah. at least sent out an email or something saying just FYI to get ahead of the kind of media storm right. that would be created. That's just what my assumption. But, mm -hmm. you know, I don't I don't know if that's how he handles most coaching announcements, too. So it could have been that it wasn't out of the ordinary. He, he just made them all aware. But I'm, I would have a feeling that he would have talked to them, especially you kind of get to know your players. The ones that you think might have a have little bit issue. more of an issue, right? Yeah. You might pull them to the side and say, FYI, this is not your decision, you know, and I want you to work just as hard when you're under her tutelage as mm -hmm. any other coach. Did you read some of the comments that she said in some of her interviews today? She was just being so cool and just obviously this whole story is already inspiring, but she's just like, this is just for all the little girls out there who like want to play and think they yes. can't or like want to coach and think they can't because they totally can. She's like this moment right here. Like I couldn't have even dreamt of this. And she just, everything that she said about it obviously is just really cool, super positive, super inspiring. So That's it's awesome. so cool to see. So and I saw that both really of y'all cool. followed uh, her on Twitter today. Yeah. Oh, I sneaky. love getting those notifications. <laughs> well, I got the notification that yes. multiple people that I follow started following someone and i was like who is it oh it's her so yeah quit creeping oh, on wow. <laughs> little social media i can't talker. follow anyone these days without anyone knowing you guys know that i just have so much time on my hands oh yeah right <laughs> go check my phone you're a director <laughs> now you don't have time <laughs> all right I'm so let's uh let's quickly get to a little patriots roger goodell the commissioner of the national football league upheld Tom Brady's four-game suspension, which, of course, does directly affect our Jaguars. Mm -hmm. But moreover, was it the correct move? And how do you feel about Brady destroying his phone? I... Okay, here's the thing. If you're going if you're gonna prove your innocence, why would you destroy something that would help? Because he's not innocent. That? Right, that's my point. <laughs> so to me, that just screams guilt, and he'll walk around it a billion times and say, well, I destroyed it because of this, or whatever... Um, it's just really fishy, and it just doesn't help your case at all if you're trying to say that you didn't do this. But to go and, and sue the league, it's just going to create, like, a civil war, you know, the team against the league or Brady against the league, and it's just going to be back and forth, back and forth. He has too much pride, I think, to, after all this, come out and say, okay, I admit it, I'm guilty, I apologize, I'll take the suspension like a big boy mm -hmm. and then move on. He's not going to do that because he's too far in. And that sucks because I wish he could just put it to bed. Okay. Take the suspension. This is what you got to deal with and just move on. What else are you going to do? What if he's innocent? If he's innocent, Why I, turn I, over if I'm phone? Brady, yeah. I fight to the death to, to clear my name, to clear my innocence. If I'm Brady, if you're text messages work both ways, they yeah. gave him they, the Patriots gave his assistant and the ball boys. They, they have those records of the other side of the conversation. So it's not like these text messages are just sitting out in the middle of the abyss and nowhere to be found. There are records that 
cell phone companies can get. They can't get the actual content of the messages themselves. I think carriers delete those within five days. Mm-hmm. But they can get the records of who who the message was sent to, the time, the date, and all that all that information. So there's two. I, I, I think you can get that information if you want to. But to go this long and come up with the same conclusion and with one person being the judge, jury, and obviously the commissioner, I, I, I just think that he – painted himself into this corner and it's a lose-lose situation for everyone but if i'm brady i'm fighting to the bitter end you're not giving me a two games of suspension you're not giving me one game suspension i will fight this and i will do everything in my power to clear my name if i'm him in my opinion he cheated he had multiple opportunities to turn over evidence he just chose not to now he is gonna fight it just because that's what he knows he's capable of doing but i think at the end of the day he also knows he's not going to get out of the four games. But what's the evidence that proved that he did cheat? But where's the evidence that proved that he didn't? Yeah, That's the thing. And I know that you can't prove. prove I know you can't prove either way without anything, though. Like, I can tell you I'm innocent until I'm blue in the face. And if I have nothing to prove it, if I don't have an alibi, if we want to get specific, or if you don't believe me, there's nothing I can say to make you believe me. And that's kind of the situation that he's in right now. Well, there is a chance he can fight this to the end. And then I think that's what he's going to end up doing. And with the track record that Goodell has had with Bounty Gate and with Ray Rice and Greg Hardy and all of these other suspensions that have been either overturned completely or reduced significantly, he has a shot, especially in the appeals process, especially in the state of Minnesota, where they're going to be filing against where uh, I think AP was or Adrian Peterson was ruled favorably and allowed back to play in the league. So Goodell doesn't have the best track record in this regard. And I, I think that it's on the NFL to prove the guilt, not within a reasonable doubt, but because obviously that's what the legal system. But I think it's up to Brady to clear his name and clear his recognition and to fight for his name. Well, Amanda's going to be very upset if Jimmy Garoppolo is not starting because <laughs> Jimmy G. that's the boy that she'd be covering uh, here in town when the <laughs> Patriots come down to play. Sneak All right, we are going to switch it over to J-A-G-S and do a little Jags talk finally with football season around the corner. You're listening to Helmets and Heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. No, no, honey, I'm good. I can have another, but I probably should not. I got somebody at home. home, home, home. It's been a long night here and a long night there. And these long, long legs are damn near everywhere. Hold up now, you look good. I will not lie. But if you ask where I'm staying tonight. You're listening to Helmets and Heels on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Ladies, you know what I love? Besides great music. I love this song. I also love people who are just ginormous Jaguar fans. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) I don't know what you thought I was going to say. I thought you were going to sarcastically say, no, nothing about Jimmy G. I thought you were going to say sarcastically that you love people that are not so nice people, like, oh, like a right. jackhole or something. Right. But then when other people step up to the plate that are big really Jaguar awesome. fans and they defend our honor on Twitter, I love it. It makes me smile and it makes me happy. And when we're leading into a Jaguar segment, then people should be phenomenally excited regardless. Regardless Yay. of what team they like, they should be excited to hear us talk about our hometown team. Can you hear me getting a little defensive? Let's do it. So, Blythe, you proposed a question on Twitter earlier today. Uh, I think the word is more posed, not proposed, but regardless. Uh, Amanda over there is now crying. Sorry, I'm late to the party because I just saw what you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) 
But um, but your question on Twitter today was, would you, if your quarterback was going to be suspended for four games, but you were still going to have the Super Bowl in your rearview mirror, would you accept that as your fate? I, of course, am going to say yes. Take the Super Bowl all day long. I don't care. If I won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't care if I went 0-16 the next year. Give me the Super Bowl forever and ever. Glory and honor to my team, and I'm happy. Just to know what that feeling right. is like, that moment. <sighs> Maybe one day we'll get to experience it. Of course we will. Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this year, but maybe next year. year. That. And I'm, yeah, I'm not being facetious when I say that either. I'm just a long-suffering Jaguar. So. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me Poor if you me laughing. Well, I'm still a season ticket holder at the end of the day. So I have a track record of being way too optimistic with the Jags. And so one of my parents' best friends a couple of years ago asked me what I thought about the season, the upcoming season. And I said we were going to be really good, make the playoffs. It was Mike Malarkey's first year. Oh. <laughs> he now says that he never again is listening to me <gasps> ever on the on the subject of the Jaguars. And so I, I catch myself a little bit. This year, I am really optimistic. There are so many free agent signings that I think are, as long as they stay healthy, are really going to play out to That's be successful. I know that is. As you finish that sentence, <laughs> I know because we've said that I feel like for years, and every year we say it, something does go wrong. And look at you know Dante Fowler Jr. Mm-hmm. and and what's already happened in the off season. But I really, I really do have like a, a cautious optimism this year. Do I think we're going, as Blaylock would put it, 16 or no, you know, as we would tease her? Oh, absolutely not. Do I think we're going 10 and 6? No. But I think there's going to be a significant improvement upon last year to the point where I think this town is going to finally get to have some relief from, like you said, Blythe, uh, suffering for years. Because that's what it comes down to. When you're a Jaguar fan and you go to another city, another state, people for the most part, tend to make fun of your team because they know that we have not played well for a very long time. So I do feel like it's going to be finally a time where we are able to go into a place like Tampa. And even though I think Jameis is going to be successful, I do think we're going to we're gonna be able to beat the Buccaneers. Absolutely. And I do think we're going to be able to beat teams like the Dolphins. And so I do think that it, it, it really is kind of a turning point. I think our defense is going to be really good. I believe in Gus Bradley. I always have, but now I feel like he's finally getting a lot of the pieces in place. You guys talked with John Ozier earlier Mm -hmm. about Jared Odrick and Dan Scuda. As y'all know, I've been on the Dan Scuda train since literally day one. Yep. So, and I think Jared Odrick is, is just built to make this defense better. Sanderic, hopefully Sanderic Marks is going to come back full health, return to full health pretty quickly. And a lot of the the younger players, I think, are going to step up. I love Aaron Colvin. You know, we got to have him on the show Absolutely. last year. He's great. Yeah, and um, and hopefully we'll have some players on in our upcoming shows, which we'll talk about. But so that's that's kind of my thought. Obviously, I haven't even touched on the offense because that's where all the the importance lies. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that Blake Bortles has spent so much extra time this past offseason. And remember, last offseason, as a rookie, he didn't have time to do a lot of this stuff because you're getting bounced around from media opportunities. And then he also didn't know he was going to be the starter, and he didn't know when he was going to take over that role. And so this year it's completely different. The team knows that he is the guy, and he knows that he's the guy, and he's spent extra time with the wide receivers. And I just I put a lot of faith into some improvements on the offensive line too. And I feel like this is this is the the year where we're finally gonna go 500. That's my prediction. That's my hope. I am a 
I'm a much more recent Jaguars fan than you, Blythe, but I have been here my whole life. And so even though I wasn't a season ticket holder growing up, I still have always had it, you know, in the, in the household around and, I'm just, I'm, can you tell I'm like super duper You're excited so ready and I cannot wait for training camp on Friday. What'd you well, say? It's the off season too. It we is. always yeah. win the off season You're except right. for this year with Jacksonville retiring, but I think <laughs> uh, Curtis Dvorak retiring, not right, Jacksonville. Right. Jacksonville lives on, but true. I think for me, as long as we get to 500, I'll be satisfied. I won't be happy until we're in the playoffs or mm-hmm. double digit wins, but for me, the, I, I think the defense is going to be significantly improved, but we're going to live and die by our quarterback play. I think that if we get to the point where we're almost as serviceable as the Seahawks, which a lot of our model has been built after them, if mm-hmm. we have a great defense and can keep the offense off the field, minimalize Bortles and his efforts because he's still adjusting to a new coach. I think this is is his third, second, third coaching staff, I think, in second. his uh, – is it his third offensive coordinator or something? Because somebody – This is only his second year. This is only his third year as the head coach. Well, what there, is, yeah. there was a we had Jed Fish and then in the middle of Kurt the year, Olsen. correct? So this is third offense, I believe. Uh, might be second. Anyway, we'll look that up and come yeah, back. We'll to look that, that up. Yep. But anyways, um, that and that's what I think. As as far as the defense just plays lights out, and then with Bortles, as long as he's manageable and he can be that game manager like a Russell Wilson, I think we'll be okay. And as long as we hit five hundred, we should be fine. So I'm a be. little more of a realist. Sure. Well, and in and the sense give you credit for it because it's your first year covering the team. Right. Which I think actually is a good thing because I'm almost I could call myself an outsider at this mm-hmm. point because I have yet to start a season. So as an outsider looking in, I obviously was here for OTA's minicamp. Um, and so I, I got to see gym class, if you will. And I was impressed. I never walked away from it saying, wow, they're terrible. Like now I know what. No, every time I was there, I was like, wow, he was great. He was really great. He needs some improvement. But there's always going to be something that you see that okay, that can get better. And that's fine. That's with every team. So for me going into training camp, I'm, I'm being a realist, but at the same time, there are some great pieces. It's just, it's like a puzzle. You know, there are some question marks here. You gotta, you gotta fill in the gaps here. You gotta see where he fits. What is his role? Do we need to cut him? There are just so many pieces that needs to fall, that need to fall into place before the season starts. And that's why it's hard for me to say, yeah, we're going to be great. Yeah. We're not going to be so great because we're just not there yet. Well, and I think, for me, obviously, a big question is who's going to be the starting center? Is it going to be Stefan Wisniewski, which we obviously picked up kind of in hopes, I think, that he was mm-hmm. going to be the center? Or is Luke Boenko going to win out that battle? And if Luke doesn't necessarily win out that battle or if they decide to use Luke in a different role, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that that's a bonus because he, he was pretty good last year. And yep. so being able to put him somewhere else then improves the offensive line. Austin Pastor comes back after his injuries. And Beatles, I've heard, has gotten a lot you know, more efficient in the off season and there's, and obviously we got Jeremy Purnell from the Cowboys. And so to me, that is such an upgrade from last year's offensive line. It's almost night and day. Yeah, it's huge. And of course, everyone's expecting Luke Jokel to improve and he's gained, you know, the kind of muscle he's supposed to. So I look at, I look at a lot of stuff individually and I think yes. comparatively to last year, which I know, like you said, you're not going to necessarily do, which is good for your fresh perspective. Yep. I look at so many things and I think, gosh, they're so much better there than they were last year. I mean, I can remember going to training camp last year and and looking around and going, they like sometimes they didn't complete the passes that you expect, and you right. know the fans start to cheer after the ball is thrown, and the receiver didn't catch it. And whether that's the quarterback mistiming or whether that's the receiver, 
or whether the fact that's the fact that our cornerbacks are a lot better than our receivers or they were last year. You know, it's a combination of all those things. But the other scary part of last year is so Blake's a rookie behind, obviously, Chad Henney Mm -hmm. and Blake would throw a bunch of ducks. And, you know, we've talked about that on this station endlessly, but. That's the kind of thing where now I know fans are going to come out to training camp, sit in the stands, and they are going to really check out his throwing motion, his efficiency with the football. They're going to check out as much as they possibly can until really the pads go on on Wednesday. And uh, I'm so excited, too, for fans to finally get to get out there. And the fact that the first preseason game is 16 days away. That's crazy. That's unreal. Truly, it's like the one thing I've had on my calendar that like anyone mentions the month of August. And I think to myself, don't even talk to me about August 14th because (laughs) I cannot wait for that. But yeah, so as a fan, Blythe, you said you'll be happy with playoffs. You'll be satisfied with 500. What if the Jags go 6-10? and I mean, I'd be okay with it depending on where those wins come from. It's it's. But you're not a typical again. fan. Most fans would not be okay with six and ten. Well, six and ten compared to where we were the, the compared, past. Compared, correct. Compared, compared to the past yes. few years, I mean that right. that's and it, how we play in those losses. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's in how we way. play in the losses. I mean, I'm never going to take a loss like, oh, well, we tried hard. Let's get them next time. I don't care. I want W's on the board. I want to make playoffs. That's the goal for every NFL team. It, it, and Jaguars are no different. The, this culture of losing that we've sort of developed over the last few years, and it's acceptable to get six wins. It's not acceptable. You should always strive to get better. And I know that's what Gus preaches, and, and, and he, he says all the right things, and everybody says all the right things. I want to see it in the win column. I'm tired of the excuses. I just want to get wins. And if it's not the solution this year, then I, I don't even know. Back to the drawing board, I would imagine. Oh, I don't even want to think about that because I know – Last year, I was the producer for Jaguars today during football season, and Mm -hmm. it's extremely depressing to come in every Monday. And as the tailgate reporter last year, to go around to the fans after, you know, a few games and we haven't won, and there there were these high hopes kind of last year Mm -hmm. too, and to go around to people and try to engage them and talk to them on the radio and get them in a good mood. And, you know, at this point, they're like, I've paid all this money. I'm not having fun when I'm in the stadium. I'm having fun when I'm out here, yeah. but I don't enjoy it. You know, once I go in there, we're not scoring enough points. We're not really moving the football. And so I know it's, like I said, it's, it's off season optimism, but we're almost to the point where it's not off season. And that gets me even more excited too. Yep. I literally, I mean, I know it's, it's always the craziest time of year and all these beach days that I have milked up you're very bronze too, oh by the way. thank you thank you um i promise i put suntan lotion on um but yeah i i know that all those days are kind of going to go away in uh and replaced they'll be replaced with sitting on the couch watching football but at the same time it's it's the greatest time of year it, it is, is. It really absolutely is. oh can't wait all right coming Bring up next on. we will talk a little with sean mccoy and so if people haven't heard about his instagram post We will fill you in and also a little bit of a conversation about what the Redskins are doing and whether or not we agree with that decision-making process. You're listening to Helmets and Heels on Tencent XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars football by women for women. 
and men. Helmets and heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Helmets and heels. And you know what happens in a few days, ladies? What? What? The Void Jaguar Wahoo! And you know what that means? What? That means everyone gets to see our photo shoot picture. Yay. I'm pretty. I'm kind of nervous. I'm, a, I'm very nervous based off of some of the ones that we had taken of us just on cell phones. Um, yeah. But I'm ex- really excited to see what Logan pulls did with our uh, our mugs. <laughs> well, Logan is awesome. So even if we didn't look good, I'm sure he, he better know, make us look spruced awesome. us up a little on Photoshop. <laughs> I'm so excited. But yeah, so for everyone who doesn't already know, since I know we've talked about it several times, <laughs> we are in the Void magazine. It drops August 1st, and August it is 1st. free at over 450 Saturday. locations. So, so for someone like me who's a newbie to Jax, what are these 450 <laughs> locations? Well, you can go on voidlive.com and check out the distribution spots or okay. um, just check out like coffee shops. Um, a lot of the places at the beach will get the magazine first. So there's um, like Bailey's Gym and a few other places. Lily's I go to Bailey's. There you go. Perfect. You should look on the outside of Bailey's Gym. In- we're not inside of Bailey's Gym. We're on There's the like a Woody's no. Barbecue. Yeah. And it was one of them. Yeah. Bono's Barbecue Bono's, is another yeah. one. Um, all right. Just- well, I can look on the website. I was just curious. <laughs> we're going to list all 450 <laughs> locations now. Yeah. I mean, you Ready, really don't set, do that. Go. But uh, one person who might be excited about the photo shoot in the magazine would be LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think we'd be invited to his party? Well, we are females. So I'm going to go with yes. Right. So you got to submit the- a picture first. Right. So what if he doesn't like blondes or brunettes? Then we're screwed. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I always want to say the wrong team for LaShawn McCoy, but he's now with the Bills, the Buffalo Bills. I know. So so he sent out an Instagram that on Sunday, July 26th from 10 p.m. until dot, 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 he would be having a private event celebration, females only, 21 up, a must. Mm -hmm. And you could RSVP to him. Well, obviously this caused an uproar because... You can't have a party that you invite people. I mean, I guess you can, but I don't think you should have a party that where you invite females only when you require them to submit a picture and I believe some other information as well, right? It's like your wasn't it your age profile? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Profile. one picture. I think you have to show your whole body. Here we go. Yeah, please like submit. Oh wow! Yeah. There are no plus ones. Everyone must individually RCP. So you know what he's trying to prevent there. He's trying to prevent the hot girl to come with Brain. a not-as-hot girl that's yeah. her friend. And I'm not saying that even exists, but that's what he's trying to prevent. Or bring her it's just a, It's boyfriend. just a gathering well, for him only. and his buddies to have some ladies over. Yeah, I don't want to defend him because, listen, it's Shady McCoy. I don't need to defend him. <laughs> and he just earned that nickname even more. He did. But if I were to defend him, this is what I imagine... <laughs> Okay, this is what I would imagine he would explain himself by saying, well, I'm asking them to submit photos of themselves because I need to make sure they're actually female. I don't want any random guys at my party. All right, I get it. You don't want random guys. Why would you want random guys when you have your friends? Whatever. Um, The social media thing, maybe to make sure that they are definitely not guys. So it's not a guy sending in just a random picture of a girl and then they're on the list and they get in whatever. Um, That's all I got. Do you think the conversation went like this? Dude, we should have a party with no dudes. No dudes. (laughs) 
Well, only girls. To play devil's advocate. Um, <laughs> if you're single, how a bad of an idea of it is to have an, a guy's only party? So you're saying he's basically playing The Bachelor without having right. to go on the show. Exactly. Okay. So, okay. So, what if, uh, Lauren, what if you were to have a party where it's guys only <laughs> and they must submit pictures? Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. I would also like... Shady Brooke. Doesn't it sound kind of fun? Uh, no. But... <laughs> no? No. No, you're, you're there with all these, like creepy people and i don't know what if it's you and you're creepy i know you that's why you screen them a guy coming with with knowing that there's gonna be nothing but guys there but what if it's like you and like 15 of your single girlfriends and then that would be a different story if it's if there's a little bit better of a ratio right that'd be one thing if he's getting his buddies bros his little groupie like entourage Mm -hmm. and they just want an easy way for chicks to come to them instead of them going to the chicks so if it's and at least he's making sure they're 21 yeah but you know then after when he came out with his um i have to change this because people are making fun of me uh conversation he said since the media and internet took my before camp party out of context i had to switch up my party strategy Uh uh-oh so tonight i'll be inviting everyone to my back to business party and then he's featuring donald trump Oh. Specially invited guests Rex Ryan, Chip Kelly, Roger Goodell, Barack, okay. <laughs> Oprah, Carly Lloyd, and even that terrible waiter with the awful service from their burger joint is invited. Oh, then he no. goes on to say, don't bring your ID because there won't be any alcohol anyway. Open smoothie bar all night, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if at this point he's just having fun with all of it, but it certainly comes across a lot better and funnier now. Than the initial party invitation, which I guarantee was legit and serious. And he seemed a little douchey from the initial party. <laughs> no, this one's even worse to me. I think this is sarcasm. Like, okay, you want to bash my party because I'm inviting girls? Well, here you go. I'm going to invite everyone. And guess what? There's not going to be any alcohol. Everyone except like Hulk Hogan. Time. He right. excluded oh, Hulk yeah, Hogan. Oh, yeah, he did exclude Which is understandable Hulk. after right. some things. When is this party, by the way? Uh, it was Sunday. Oh, we missed it. We did. So what happened? Do we get a full report? Who went to this party? You no. know, I actually, he might have rescheduled it did based Oprah off of, but I don't know. I really don't All right. know. Well, I would love to know what happened at this party. I want to talk to the bad waiter at the burger joint. Yeah, a did she talk. get invited? <laughs> um, did she go? I don't know. You know, I, right. I don't have enough information on what actually happened. What about All those smoothies? Those smoothies were probably delicious. You think they were spinach? Don't you love smoothies? smoothies? I could eat a smoothie for lunch. You can't every eat a day. smoothie. You can only drink, drink a smoothie. A smoothie. <laughs> Depends on what you get in the smoothie, girl. True. If you don't chop that kale up that much. <laughs> you know what's really sad? Speaking it. of smoothies, I tried to grow my own wheatgrass to put <laughs> <laughs> to like juice. To you like... know what people just thought that you said? No, it's wheatgrass, like the green stuff that you <laughs> yeah, again. juice and you take a shot of to be healthy, not anything else. <laughs> anyway, it died and I'm really sad. <laughs> You know, my cousin Caitlin, who you got to see again on, on Saturday, goes, I had never heard the term green thumb until Amanda tweeted what? about her green thumb or posted about a green thumb. She's like, now I hear it all the time. <laughs> that reminds me of your green thumb. Yeah, I have a new green thumb. But apparently you have a black thumb. Yeah, uh, all right, Blythe, tell everybody what the Redskins have decided to do recently with their oh. potential season ticket holders. In order to 
attract new season ticket holders, the Redskins sent out an email saying that they're going to notify potential season ticket holders or season ticket holders that they can get injury updates before the media and before Twitter and before everyone else finds out about it 30 seconds later in order to entice people to sign up as a season ticket holder. Hmm. My question is, is that does that sway your decision in order to get season tickets or not that you're going to get injury updates a mere mere seconds before the rest of the world gets them? For me, absolutely not, unless it was a day before or something like that, and then I could brag to everyone. That so I before the injury actually happens, <laughs> we're going to let you know. Precisely. Be ready. <laughs> Tanya Harding, someone, and then yeah, I, an email. I think, obviously, the play on the field is what's going to get people yeah. to go there. But honestly, I think we will see a name change for the Redskins mm. before we see the masses join and become season ticket holders because of injury updates. And they're still removing seats. I think it was two summers ago that they removed like 10,000 seats. Oh, wow. In order to make room for more of like a, almost like a Bud Light party deck, like Mm -hmm. what we have here at Everbank. But I think that they were just removing the seats because they didn't have people to buy them. Well, I don't think that it will attract the masses, but knowledge is power. And these days it's coveted to know something that somebody else doesn't. So in the world of sports today, like if I get news today that something happened right now, well, I got to tweet it out first. Like I need to be the first one to like to break this news. So for a fan, first of all, this is going to get they're going to get a lot of backlash from media members Mm -hmm. because to have fans break news before a reporter, that's just blasphemy okay that Especially can't including the reporters that's paid to do right. that by the team exactly and if they cover the team i mean chances are it's weird because i don't think that can actually happen that's what i was gonna say i think the nfl came back with a ruling that yeah said in the collective bargaining agreement you cannot let the public know about something before the media knows right. about it. I think there's some kind of a partnership deal. That's with the that. point of the media. We're here to tell you what's <laughs> happening. And then if you take that away from us, NFL, we don't have a job. <laughs> like then you just get rid of us altogether. If you're going to tell the fans what's going on. Well, see you later. Don't need me. I just wonder how that meeting went down. Like this is how we're going to get the season <laughs> ticket holder. We should ask the new director of marketing for UNF. Would you so- ever offer that? Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> no, because you know what I know? What? Media is your friend. Yes. And I will be pumping, by the way, lots of UNF news oh, to boy. all producers here for their updates because, again, media is your friend. When you are talking about a, a group of people that has a massive influence mm-hmm. on your team, it's the media. Yep. You, The media can easily, with just one tweet, Ryan O'Halloran can, a beat writer, you know, for the Times Union for the Jags, can easily sway people's opinion on TJ Yeldon yep. running back for the Jags. He can, he can in one sentence effectively change how people feel about any player mm-hmm. on the team. So you want the media as your friend, as the team owners, as the team general manager. But you know what, Redskins, <laughs> if that's what you decide you need, at least us here in Jacksonville can laugh at you because we don't need that. I just, I, there's got to be some other ways to get fans into the stands. Yeah, you know what it is? cheap gimmick. Pools. It's a W. <laughs> a big, fat W and lots of them. That's it. Pretty simple. You got that right. Yeah. yeah. I know it's way easier said than done for some teams. I get that. But um, I don't know. This just doesn't work for me. Doesn't it doesn't work, work for me. Either. Either. I, I think 
personally for me, the casual fan is getting pushed out. Yeah. Uh, major market events, you know, NFL, MLB, it's all turning towards the corporate environment and being more friendly to corporations. But I think one interesting thing aspect that I heard is that if the NFL or any other league were to incorporate what NASCAR has with their headsets and being able to listen in, not necessarily to the coaches and or the head coach to the quarterback, because obviously that's a little strategic. Like the NFL mm-hmm. would never let that happen. But say if you know, I don't know, I don't. Luke Jokel is a terrible example, but like a uh, Luke Buenco. I think that that would be an interesting listen if you could sit in the stands and hear what he's saying, what he's calling out, uh, Toby Gerhardt or somebody else, that you could listen in and get that personal feel for inside the game. Mm-hmm. I think that that would have a more lasting effect than you know a cheap gimmick that we're going to send you an email five seconds before the rest of the world finds out. Right. I think that's kind of hard, too, though, because... As the general manager of a team, you don't want to give your fans too much access, especially with the media. Like the media, you get the most access out of anyone. So a reporter is going to want sound from Boenko. So like, why would you give that to a fan just because they paid money to sit in that seat versus a reporter that covers your team? I just think with the access, that's what fans want. And that's awesome. I just feel like there's only so much you can do. So I don't know. I mean, they have to get creative. Like I think that's the it's point in of game entertainment. You have yeah. to keep people because the the at home experience is becoming so much hassle, uh, so less of a hassle. Right. You don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to wait in line for the bathrooms. You don't have to pay ten dollars a beer. You mm-hmm. don't have to spend you know a thousand dollars on season tickets every year. And you can spend a thousand dollars on a huge TV and watch it from the comfort of your home. These teams are gonna have to start catering to that crowd that goes that's in in the stadium experience. And if you're not winning, then you need to provide some kind of other entertainment a la pools and huge scoreboards. Exactly. I'll take those of the injury updates. All right, we will check in with Fatonian, kind of get his thoughts on uh, what the Redskins decided. That's coming up next.